We welcome you this morning to the Lord's house. Very happy that you are here today. We have come to set ourselves apart for this hour, and we've come to seek the Lord with our hearts and to worship Him. And so we do so as we commence. We'll sing number 43. O Savior, precious Savior, whom yet unseen we love, O name of might and favor, all other names above. Let's stand, please, as we worship the Lord today.
Uh, the hymn writer, he says, in endless adoration and everlasting love. Well, that's the theme of our hearts. We confess because we love our Lord that we have not just this earth and time to give thanks to Him. We don't just have the few years of this passing life. If that was all we had to give, that would not be too much. But we have all eternity, everlasting life to give praise and thanks to our Lord. Let's bow today in prayer. Our Father, we are thankful this morning for the joy and the privilege we have of being in the house of prayer and this place of praise. We know, Lord, that the church is not made of bricks and mortar and steel, but we rejoice, Lord, for the fellowship of the people of God and for the great promise we have that if two or three are gathered in Christ's name, that He has promised to be with us. Blessed Savior, we know that You are here today, and we pray that every believer will be very, very conscious of the Savior by our side. Hear our prayers, Lord, and make us all to be receptive to the Word let us hear the Word of God, and we pray the Holy Spirit would write its truth upon our hearts and help us to glorify God in our minds, in our will, in our motives, in our actions. Let the world, when they look upon us, not just see someone who has a reasonable life, not someone who is just a good neighbor, but may they look upon us and see the difference that we have been to Christ. We have been to Jesus, and therefore uh, our lives are changed, Lord, and we want to always be a good reflector of our Lord Jesus. Help us to be the mirror that shows forth His beauty and love and kindness. Father, we're thankful in our hearts that we have not just this life to give praise and worship, but we will have all eternity. And Lord, we, we cannot begin to comprehend what that means and what that will look like. We don't know. But we pray, Lord, that as You have shown us in Your Word, You've revealed Yourself, and we have all the promises that are granted to us and given they are validated, they are certain in Christ and in the great value of His work on Calvary. And Lord, we are rejoicing today in our hearts and thankful that the atonement for our sin has been made. And we have been brought into the family of our God. And Lord, we know that it is well with our souls today. And we are able to feast upon all the, 
the good food that we have in the Scripture. And I pray we will nourish our souls day by day as we feed upon this everlasting bread and food. We pray, Lord, today that Your grace and comfort would be upon everyone in this house and also those watching online. Perhaps they are incapacitated. They can't be out of the house of the Lord for one reason or another. Maybe it's distance that keeps them from here. Whatever the case may be, Lord, pour out Your blessing upon them today as well, and may they know the Spirit of God speaking to their own hearts and writing the Word upon their souls. As, O Lord, we commit our way We are thankful for the fellowship that You've given to us here, and we pray that our public and corporate witness would reverberate through this community, and that those who witness see us come to church even, that they would say, what's going on in that place? And they would want to come and find out. Lord, may we be on fire for our God. May the Holy Spirit be working in us and through us that our testimony will not be marred in any way, but rather uh, we will be magnets to draw people to the Savior. Lord, we ask for blessing upon those in our congregation who are sick, who have some disability. Lord, we pray that Your hand of mercy and blessing and healing would be upon them. We pray for Dr. McClellan today at home you would bless and be near our dear brother. We're thankful that Brother Richard Teo is with us and able to be out of the house of God today. Lord, put your hand upon your servant and bless him. We pray for Ron, that you'd be near to him and your blessing and healing and strength would be with him and serene as well. We know that others who are getting up in years and they have bodily weakness and they need your grace And so, Lord, we pray that today You would bless them abundantly. And, Lord, we think of the need of our nation, our land. We pray for our leaders. We ask, O God, that You would bless us with God-fearing men and women in places of authority. And You would help us in our day because we are in a desperate state when it comes to our politicians. So what we pray, Lord, is that You would save them And in the meantime, you would restrain them from their evil habits and plans. And we think, Lord, of the issues in this world today. There is war on so many fronts, and there is great devastation happening. And we pray, O Lord, that the evil intention of wicked men, whether they be in terrorist organizations or some other organization, we just pray that they would be hindered and stopped in their evil intentions, and that, Lord, You would bless the church of Christ worldwide. You would put Your hand upon those who are believers who are suffering today in some prison or in some manner of persecution. We pray for the believers today in India suffering great persecution. We ask for believers that are in Myanmar, in China, in Iran, in all of these countries where there is no liberty and freedom, so to speak. And so, God, we pray that we'll remember those that are in bonds as bound with them. So, Father, hear our prayer. Bless all of our missionaries 
and every faithful preacher of the gospel as they proclaim the unsearchable riches of Christ, that they might know the power of God, and that we will rejoice in the news of many, many souls coming to know Christ as their own. So, Father, hear our prayers today. Give us thanksgiving and rejoicing. And as we continue in our worship, receive from us, Lord, what we offer unto our God in praise and in prayer. We ask all these things today in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We're going to sing Psalm 119, the first selection, A. Let's stand, please, again as we sing. Let me ask you to turn in your Bibles now, please, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Ephesians, chapter 1. We're going to read the first 12 verses.
Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath accepted or hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. May the Lord be pleased to bless His Word to our hearts as we have read today. Uh, You cannot come away from the reading of Ephesians chapter 1 without certainly being impressed by the sovereignty of God and the great work that He has done for us, and we can rejoice today and do so in His loving kindness and His great mercy. We want to welcome you all today to our morning service. It's good to have you here. We're glad that you're in person, in real life, in real time. And also those who are joining us today online, you are very, very welcome here. And we trust the Lord would bless you. If you are online and you have some prayer request, then please send us an email and we will get back to you and let you know we're thinking and praying for you if we can help in any way. Of course, that goes to anybody in the church here as well. If you have any concern or any prayer, any need, uh, come and speak to us, one of the elders, and we'll be happy to do what we can. Remember, please, today our brother James Fraser and Alec Newell, two of our elders, they are in Fredericton today. They are the the interim session, the appointed elders for that congregation, and uh, they are down there to well, really introduce themselves to that congregation now that Reverend Frank DiDerno has gone to be their pastor. And as he is there, well, we want to encourage him in the Lord. and know we've been praying for him, and so have you. And so we want to encourage you to keep on doing that. So remember, uh, James and uh, Alec, they'll be ministering the Word of God today, bringing greetings from our congregation to them and so on. 
and also making a presentation to our brother Neil Sampson, who has faithfully ministered the Word while they have not had a full-time pastor there for the last 15 years. So we want to remember our brother and we acknowledge him before the Lord. We had a good day yesterday afternoon. I want to say a word of thanks to the Lewis family. Uh, they hosted a reception for their daughter Sonia and their uh, son-in-law Diego, and uh, they had a good, we had a good time. It was nice to meet many folks who came to visit and give their greetings to Sonia, Diego, and of course the family. And uh, they had a good amount of food and so much food left over uh, that they, we thought it would be a good idea to have a fellowship time tonight after the evening service. So that's exactly what we're going to do. We don't have to say that twice because we say it once and everybody will say that's a good thing and we'll join and be sure to come tonight after the evening service uh, for that time of refreshment. Remember, please, our announcements for the incoming week and ministry that is going on. Wednesday evening, our Bible study and prayer time will be at 7.30 and I encourage you to come along to the prayer meeting and be a part of that most vital meeting of the church calendar. Thursday night at 6 and 7.30, our session and board meeting, the regular monthly meeting. And the next Lord's Day, uh, regular services, our Sunday school at 9.50, morning and evening services, 11 and 6.30. Next Lord's Day, we will be having communion after the morning service. Normally it would be on today, being the first Sunday of the month, but uh, with a number of our elders away, we thought it would be better to postpone it for one more week. And so that will be after the morning service. Next Lord's Day also, we will be recognizing Remembrance Day. And we will have that recognition before our morning worship service commences right at 11. So please just be prepared for that as well. We've been thinking a lot about supporting our ministerial students and I know some of you have been asking about that, and so let me encourage you about that to mark your envelope if you would like to do that, and that includes the support for the work also in Fredericton. That's a very important thing to remember. Let's not forget to pray for our school, for Whitfield Christian Schools. We start out remembering that in earnest as we begin September. Well, we don't want to let off. The devil is never far away from his intention or attempt to cause disruption because what we're trying to do in giving the Word of God to the hearts of young people, it's so absolutely necessary that we hold up the Lord before the Lord the needs of our school. So please do not forget that as well. I also want to say a, work, uh, a word of recognition to someone who had a birthday yesterday, Mrs. McClelland had a birthday yesterday. We want to wish her a very happy birthday, and uh, we pray that the Lord will continue to give her many more. Dr. McClelland was hoping to be at the service this morning, but just was not feeling quite strong enough for that, so I know he's watching online, and so we will continue to hold up our brother before the Lord in prayer. A couple of advance announcements. One of them has to do with our mission trip to go to South Korea to visit Seonki Lee and the church that we have there in Seoul. And so, God willing, Pastor Lee, Reverend Lee, and his wife Hannah will be accompanying me next Monday. We fly out to Korea, and so greatly appreciate your prayers for that. We'll be going for 10 days, 
and uh, the schedule that we didn't know would be how it would be filled up, well, it's filling up very quickly, and it could have been more than 10 days, I'm sure, but do pray that all the meetings that we will have, that the Lord will go in front of us, and we'll know His presence and help. And some of the folks that I'd hoped to contact, a former student from Whitfield, and um, Go, we, who you know him as, who was with us several years ago, that's back 20 years ago now, but I was able to make contact, and I spoke with him on WhatsApp yesterday morning, and so that was encouraging, and we'll be able to see a few of these people as well as visiting other ministers and ministries. So it'll be a busy time, and we'll greatly appreciate your prayers. We have been just mentioning about the Congress, and uh, thank you for signing up. We have now about uh, 20 people that have signed up, at least for the preliminary interest of going over to the Congress next July. So it's still open. If others would like to do that, you're welcome to let us know. But I didn't want to introduce the Jamaica mission trip too quickly, but I want to let you know about that today because it's good to, if you can't go overseas to Ireland and you would like to be a part of the mission trip that's going to be happening the exact same time, actually, is July 29th, or June 29th to July the 6th. So it was right at the same time period of the Congress, and that's we couldn't do anything else with those dates. But we knew that some folks who were going overseas may not have been able to go to Jamaica anyways. If you would like to, it's a very narrow window of people, only 10 people in this mission trip, and so you'd have to make your application. Let me know if you're interested in going. Uh, you'd be interviewed by the session to be sure that we will approve the people who come to put their name forward. The cost is only $200 each for the person, plus the flight cost, and the flight would be around 1000 But if you are interested in going on that ministry trip, there would be some assistance and help given from our congregation for that. So I just want to let you know, if you are seriously interested, please let me know. That's all the ministry we want to give you today, and uh, well, not all the ministry, but all the announcements of ministry, and we want to sing number 429, and let's please stand as we worship the Lord again.
O Savior, teach me to abide, close sheltered at thy wounded side, each hour receiving grace on grace until I see thee face to face. Let's sing this final verse. Please turn now in your Bibles to Psalm 144. Psalm 144. Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight, my goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I trust, who subdueth my people under me. Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him? or the Son of Man, that thou makest account of him. Man is like to vanity. His days are as a shadow that passeth away. Bow thy heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Cast forth lightning, and scatter them. Shoot out thine arrows, and destroy them. Send thine hand from above, rid me and deliver me out of great waters for the hand from the hand of strange children, whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, upon the psaltery, and an instrument of ten strings will I sing praises unto thee. It is He that giveth salvation unto kings, who delivereth David his servant from the hurtful sword. Rid me and deliver me from the hand of strange children, whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. That our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace, that our garners, our barns may be full according all manner of store, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets, that our oxen may be strong to labor, that there be no breaking in, no going out, 
that there be no complaining in our streets. Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. And I draw your attention to that very last phrase of the last verse of Psalm 144. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. I want to speak to you today on the subject of what it means to be truly blessed. Let's ask the Lord to help us now. Father, as we settle our hearts, we have the Scriptures open. I pray for the light of heaven to shine upon the Word of God and upon our hearts. We need understanding. Lord, I need understanding. I pray that there would be clarity and not any misunderstanding in any heart. I pray, Lord, as we have the Scripture open and the Spirit of God to give us knowledge, to give us direction and discernment. We need all of that. And I pray that today for everyone here, myself included, and everyone online. And Lord, let us comprehend with a little more understanding of what blessings that we have in Christ and what it means for us in this life to be truly blessed and happy. Hear our prayer. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, what is happiness? To ask the ordinary person on the street, well, they might answer this, to be healthy, that makes me happy. To have money in the bank, that is good. The rent and the mortgage paid. To have a strong retirement fund, maybe a close and a loving family, a husband or a wife that truly loves and cares, children that grow up to be successful. And yet it seems that on the surface at least very few possess all or even a few of these expressions. And if they do, there is often a void of real happiness. There's a desire. There's wanting something more. When you have all the stuff that the world has to give, there still seems to be something of a void. And people are on a quest, finding what it is to be truly blessed. They write it on posters and signs and little things you put on the table. What does it mean to be truly blessed? Very few, it seems, possess these things because in life, many folks are filled with strife and turmoil. They have debt. They have sorrow, hardship. There are broken relationships. There are divided homes. There are wayward children. To say nothing of those who live as we have been so reminded these days in war-torn areas of this world. 
and people that know poverty, people that are working day and night simply to survive, simply to put food on the table. Some have to bear the heavy load of illness, of disability, maybe disability from their birth, or maybe disability from some event or action that was none of their doing. Yes, that affects some of you here today. And so, the opportunity of entering in even to these the common interests of desiring and having happiness, it seems so elusive. Many turn to some stimulant to give the mirage of happiness. At least it seems to dull the pain a little bit momentarily, but only makes things at the end far worse. But these outward examples of hardship they don't only affect the world and the unbeliever. These hardships are real in the Christian life. And true believers in Christ have suffered these and more beside that. Enduring critical health issues, altered normal life, things no longer the same. Some have children that have caused deep heart grief. Sometimes the world, the philosophy of the world, the pleasures of the world, they have come in and the Lord has been pushed aside. Some are suffering the sorrow of loss, even today, here, right now, the loss of loved ones, the loss of those life mates. And in these situations and circumstances, sometimes you wonder, the career that was so aspired for has been overturned. The direction is not what I hoped for. And you wonder that hope has been dashed. Lord, do you not want me to be happy? Does the God of heaven intend for His people to be miserable and to be cast down in some kind of depression? Then the question comes, why, God, have you allowed this? If I am your child... If I, if I am born of the Spirit of God, how come? And if we are not careful, it will turn our attitude very sour. We have to be very careful about that. So I ask the question today as we come to this text, what is happiness? And does God want me to have and possess this in my life? And if so, how do I obtain it? And how do I keep it? Through all the changing steps that we have to go through. So I leave a first thought with you. It's this. The true happiness is only found in the God who has created us. From the beginning of time, Scripture gives ample record and evidence of this. Satan has attempted to lure people to seek fulfillment in anything and in everything except in God. But the stark reality is that all that Satan presents as blessing 
it turns into a curse. It all ends in total devastation. It all converges upon death and destruction. The devil is not just a liar, but he is the master and father of all deception. There is only one true path for happiness. And that, my dear friends, is to know Him. To know Him as your God. To know Him as your Lord and Savior. Augustine wrote this prayer. He said, You have made us for Yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in You. Simple words, but yet a profound truth. And it is true that the common pursuit of man is to find happiness, is to find a sense of fulfillment, then the only way I say to you that that can be realized is to come to the point where a soul rests upon Christ. For in resting upon Christ is the only way we can come to know the God that has made us for Himself and for His glory. Our text says, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. It's interesting, but I don't think a surprise to most of you that the word happy in this text is the word blessed. It's used in Psalm 32. David prayed it when he said these words, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. <laughs> so some people wonder, did David actually, was he saved? Did he know the Lord? <laughs> did David know what it was to be justified? Well, Psalm 32, when you read it, gives no other evidence, explanation, but that. Of course he did. David knew what it was to be just before his God. He knew what it was to have his sins forgiven. He knew what it was to have his iniquity not placed upon his account. It was not imputed to him, but it was imputed to another, and that was to his Messiah, to his Lord. To know God is to know Christ as your Savior. And to know the Lord Jesus is to know the Lord Jehovah as the only true and living God. There are many gods. There are many gods that are imagined, and there are gods that are manufactured, manufactured by Satan and also by man. In fact, John Calvin said, that the human heart is an idol-making factory. 
And the devil's purpose is to keep man occupied with every other god, every other interest, so that he does not concern himself with the God of heaven. Or else, he deceives men into thinking, well, if you're not going to be interested in God, if you say you are interested in God, he presents some sort of cheap imitation of the living and true God. He gives you a a faux God. So what and where are you today? The God of creation or the God of your imagination? Who do you worship? It's one or the other. You can't be neutral on that. You're either following the Lord, you're either living for Christ, or you're living for the God of your own making. And don't be deceived to go the middle line and think you can sit on the fence, because you can't. It's either one or the other. There is only one way to know true happiness and peace and to be truly blessed, and that is to have a living relationship with the Lord Jesus and to receive Him, friend, as your own Lord and Savior, to confess your sins unto Him and to look by faith to the One who has died on the cross of Calvary, died to bear your sin away and to give you everlasting life and not the destination of everlasting hell. And so, my dear friends, today, if you are without the Lord, if you're not saved today, you're listening online, I don't know who you are, where you are, Maybe you've come in for the first time in the service here today. I don't know. But the fact is that if your quest is fulfillment in life, satisfaction, wanting to know the answers, I can say to you that Christ is the answer. He is the only answer because Jesus Himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no person, comes to the Father, but by me. And so, yes, friends, to have this true happiness is to know God. And when we know Him, the next obvious outcome is that we are going to be at peace with Him. It's only then that you will know the true peace in your heart. Man without the Lord is like... um, It's like a ship on the sea that is being beaten and battered back and forth by the storm. And the ship is up and down, it's back and forth. There's no sense of stability or settledness. And that's what the human heart is without the Lord. And I'm not saying that when you come to Christ, you won't have storms in your life. But with Christ in the vessel of your life, He is with you in the storm. And you are safe. And you are secure. To be at peace with God, it means that atonement has been made for our sin. And that atonement is not self-orchestrated. It comes from the work that Christ did when He died in our place. And He shed His perfect sinless blood. And in so doing that, 
he made that presentation to his father on account of this sinner. And I know today that I am no longer under condemnation because of my sin, because my sin has been placed upon Christ and He bore the wrath of God for me. And I'm free today. And I have the joy and the peace of the Lord no longer in the darkness of sin, no longer under the bondage of judgment and hell, but we are free and we have the joy of Christ in our hearts. I ask you today, is this not the definition of what happiness is? It is indeed true happiness. It's true blessing. It's not found in things. It's not in possessions. It's not in education. Certainly not in your bank balance. No, for all of these things will pass away. But that which lasts beyond death is life eternal. It's the gift of God. And the promise that we will never be separated from the Lord and all that He's promised for us, how do we define and describe that? It's impossible for us. But we receive this gift and we say, yes, Lord, I'll be in Your presence for all eternity because life is like a vapor. Our brother James Fraser, in the prayer times, often he will pray this prayer. He will say, Lord, remember our life is like a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. And it's a good reminder for us to continually think about that. In Romans 5 and verse 1, we're told, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So therefore, I say to us all today who are followers of the Lord, let this truth sink down deep into our souls and let it strengthen us. And I mean that. Let it strengthen us every time we find ourselves in the depths of trial, in the depths of some disappointment, when our planned pathway did not turn out the way we had hoped. Can we, can we trust in the Lord? Can we trust in the One who we say has saved us to have our life to go on that pathway? He tries us, doesn't He? And Job proved that. When He has tried me, then I shall come forth as gold. And so, the pathway to happiness is definitely knowing Christ and is knowing that we have peace with Him. And then it is and it means that we will be able to live according to His will. To live according to His will. This uh, blessedness and happiness we're talking about, it is just that. It, it is just a privilege that we have to serve Him, to live as a Christian. It doesn't mean that everyone is going to be called to be a preacher, called to be a missionary to go to far off field, but it does mean that every single believer is called of God to serve Him. 
And there's no exception. Every one of us called to serve. And to live and to experience the happiness that God has promised, being saved, knowing Him, it means that we are able to live according to His will in submission to His holy Word. So this doesn't mean lip service. That's very cheap. It doesn't mean saying one thing and doing something else. It doesn't mean that if we just pretend to worship God, that He's going to accept that. I mean, that's such an insult. It's an insult to any intelligent being, let alone the God of heaven, to think that we, should, we can offer something to Him that is not according to His Word. No, we can't do that. We come back to the Word of God because it is the sole authority for all faith and all practice. It must govern our thinking. The Word of God must govern our motivation. It must govern our intentions. It must govern our desires and our actions. If we say one thing and we do something different, then quite openly we're not genuine people. For true inner blessedness and happiness is to know God and to be at peace with Him and to live as if we believed it. We are called to serve the Lord today. We're called to serve Him in our generation, in our time. And such service is not to be just here and there, not to be kind of hit and miss. No, it's to be consistently living in touch with God and in touch with His Word. And this will be most evident by what we think and what we do when we are alone, when no one else is watching. We're not trying to present some kind of an image to someone else, but it's only that we desire to live our life for Christ and for His glory. Happy, blessed is that people whose God is the Lord Please notice a second thought today, that to be truly blessed as we are is because God is our defense. God is our defense. Look at verse 11. David prays, rid me and deliver me from the hand of of strange children whose mouth speaketh vanity and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. The whole psalm, as we have read through it, deals to some degree with the enemies that David faced, with those that rose up against him. And David knew himself that those that rose up against him ultimately rose up against the Lord. And so, he says, rid me and deliver me from strange children. Strange children is a phrase that simply means those who are the enemies of God, those who are against the Lord. It doesn't mean boys and girls. It's talking about those that have come from, well, they belong to another master. They belong to a satanic power and direction. In our text, God is 
identified by name. Because it says, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. And you will notice it in capital letters. And it is speaking about Jehovah. The four letters in the Hebrew language that make up the name Jehovah, they're called the Tetragrammaton. And those four letters were very sacred in the Hebrew alphabet, very sacred to the Hebrew scribes. And it is the name of God that is referred to as being incommunicable, which simply means no one else, no other being, no other person can take that name. It is exclusively and solely given to the God of heaven. And the one who has made Himself known to us through His only begotten Son. And that name, Jehovah, He is our God. He is our Christ. He is our Savior. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. And so, the God of heaven and earth, the living and true God, who is the God of creation and the God of redemption, is the one who sustains, is the one who provides for His people, and He is the one who protects us. And believer today, this morning, as David experienced that, he knew that there is no weapon that could be formed against him that could prosper There is no enemy that can be raised up that is strong enough to defeat the cause and purpose of a sovereign God in the life of His people. God is my protector. He is the one who will deliver me from strange children, the children of Satan that come against the work of God. Look, there are many, many enemies of God's redeemed people. Satan leads the vanguard of all demonic power, attempting to overthrow all righteousness. And he uses the strange children of this world, all types, all kinds, all sizes, to overthrow the faith and the testimony of the righteous seed. But no matter what schemes or what cavils the devil will hurl against us. Let us never be far away from this truth. If God be for us, who can be against us? We are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Fear not, Jesus said, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Moses asked the question, who is on the Lord's side? We who are saved and brought in to a living relationship with Jesus, we are on the Lord's side. Those of us who are kept by the power of God, we are on the Lord's side. Those who are saved and will one day be brought home to glory, we are on the Lord's side. Let the enemy come against us and say what they will, and do what they must. But we are to live in the victory of Calvary, 
and let the accuser roar of ills that I have done. I know them all and thousands more, but thank God Jehovah finds none. Friends, greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. And so, true blessedness and happiness is only found in the God who has created us. And we are truly blessed because we know that God is our defender and our keeper and our provider. And finally, true blessing is revealed in the new song that He has put in our hearts. Look at verse 9. David said, I will sing a new song unto Thee, O God. I will sing a new song unto Thee. When I was in my teenage and very, very wayward years, the music of the world was that which infatuated me. And I was into all the worldly defined music of the day. And that was my pleasure. Sadly, very sadly, I was a believer, but I was distant from the Lord, very backslidden. And the sad reality in my heart today is this, that if I'm in some place, in a store, in a mall, some place where a song might be being played. And I remember that song. And I remember the words of that song. And I remember the sin that was related to that song. And those memories are not pleasant ones. They're not happy ones. Now some would say, but wait a minute, I, I, I thought when you come to the Lord and you pray for forgiveness of sin, well, uh, the Lord forgets all those sins and He puts them behind His back. Very true, He does. But the fact is, our memories are still inscribed with those things because it's part of the consequence of sin. And the consequence of sin we will bear, sometimes right to the very day of our death. But it doesn't mean those sins are held against us anymore, but it does mean it's a memory whereby we can both reflect and look back on, and also to reflect with gratitude that God has saved me from such a thing. But don't ever try to mix up the song of the world with the song of the Lord. The two do not mix. And it's a very sad reality because the fact that God has given to me a new song, it's the song of redemption. Because the Bible speaks about the song of the drunkard. And the song of the drunkard is not the song of God. And the song that was being sung by those who came out of Egypt in Exodus 32 at the golden calf ordeal, when the mixed multitude that came out with Israel, the people of God, from Egypt. And what were they doing at the golden calf, which they convinced Aaron, Aaron so foolishly to gather their earrings and build this for them? And so as they did that, they began partying. They began shouting and singing and dancing. 
And in the midst of their revelry, they also gave a little wink and a nod to God in the midst of it all. Because we're told in Exodus 32 that they rose up to sing and to dance and to play, and they also worshipped Jehovah the Lord at the same time. At least they thought they were. You see, friend, God looks upon human worship and human presentation of worship very differently than the world does or sometimes the people of God claim to. And we must also always endeavor to bring our thinking in line with God's Word. Because if we don't, we're in danger of being out of step with the Lord. We're in danger of going down the road that's going to dishonor Him instead of honoring Him with our life and with our worship. Now, if David said that God has put within my heart a new song, it means something. What do you mean a new song? Well, it's different from the old song. It's different from the old way. It's something new. It's a song of redemption, the song of redeemed. It's a song that I want to worship the Lord with because it speaks of so great salvation. It's called worshiping God in the beauty of holiness. And we want to do that with all our hearts as imperfectly as we do sometimes, I know. But I pray that we will offer unto the Lord not that which is mixed with the things of the world as much as we can, because I want the new song that I sing to the Lord to be the song that reveals a changed heart. It reveals a changed heart. Something has happened in me. I'm not the same as I once was. And as dishonoring to the Lord as I was in my foolhardy teenage years and those times when I mixed the world with God, I was ashamed to Him. But I pray that God will see through our lives now the evidence of of a changed heart and a life that is going in a different trajectory a different line, different direction. Ah, oh, but the true blessing revealed in this new song is definitely a changed heart. But what is the theme? The theme is a theme of continual thanksgiving. Look at verse 14. He said that our oxen may be strong to labor, and that there be no breaking in nor going out that there be no complaining in our streets. What an interesting thing that David prays here. There be no complaining in our streets. Now, we know from the examples of complaining that we have in the Scripture that when Israel was in the wilderness and they complained that, oh, we don't have any food to eat, so God supplied their food. We don't have any to drink. God supplied their drink. And then they loathe this light bread that God gave them. And they don't have any flesh to eat, so God gave them food. And there was one complaint after another, and so strong was their complaint that they rose up at different times. They're going to stone Moses because they were so angry. Well, you know the Lord said to Moses, they're not 
complaining against you, Moses. They are complaining against me. And friends, when complaining happens in the life of us as Christians, it has a very bad smell to it. It smells like the ungodly. It smells like those that have no gratitude. It smells like those and those situations that are just not pleasant before the living God. We would rather have the fragrance ascending to God of our prayers, the fragrance of our praise to Him, the fragrance of our worship, but not of our complaining. Which really means that in a believer's life, we are to have a true spirit of contentment. That's what this is all about here. If we are thanking the Lord for what He has done for us, and thanking God for where His providential purpose has brought us in our day and time. And if our thoughts are directed toward Him in this matter, we're going to worship Him. Even when things are hard and days are tough and we don't understand why, what has happened and the reason behind it, we say, Lord, I trust You because I know You always have my interest in Your heart. And David prayed, there will be no complaining in our streets. Believer, this is a word to all of us. We're, we're all guilty of this at some time or another. And so we say, Lord, I don't want that to be in my heart. And I pray that You would remove it, Lord. And I pray that always when there would be even a hint of complaining or a hint of discontentment, that I would come to thank God for what He has done for me and count my many blessings. Say, yes, Lord. I want to I want to praise You for all You've done for me. And then there will be giving glory to God in our worship. That's a, a continual feast of worship. We're going to be having a, our, our monthly hymn sing after our service next Lord's Day evening. I hope you'll plan to stay for that as well. The last time we had it, it's, it's always a great encouragement. And I know how you love to sing the praises of God. And there's joy in just a fellowship of God's people lifting their hearts and song to Him. A continual feast of worship. And we have in giving glory to God a healthy anticipation of heaven. It means that I know I'm going to heaven. I don't know the time. I don't know the date, but I know that's my destination. And I anticipate that. I say, Lord, let me look always. Well, the Bible commands us, lift up your eyes for your redemption draws nigh and the day of our death is coming. But it's the day of our transformation. The day when we will be in heaven forever with the Lord. And I say to you, it is a hope that we possess that is unshakable. You stand firm on the Lord. You stand firm on Christ and what you know of Him, your justification. And when you have a clear grasp and possession of your justification before a holy God, then you may face anything the devil brings against you because with Christ in your heart and life, we have a hope that cannot be shaken. So I leave this with you in conclusion today. Three simple thoughts. First of all, be sure you're saved. Uh, you be sure you know the Lord. 
You can't be happy without that. You've got to know Christ. And if you're unsaved today, you can confess your sin to Him right where you're seated, seating. Sit, sitting. You can confess your sin to Him and say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And I need, Lord, that You would come in to save my heart. And if you pray that silent prayer just now, the Lord has promised to save you. Then we also need to check each attitude that we have by the truth that happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Let that be a motto for us. Let it be over our life. And every time we have an attitude that's going contrary to that, well, let's check that and bring it to God's Word. And then we can also bring all our care under the light of this promised blessing. Blessed, happy are that people whose God is the Lord. Let's bow please in prayer. Father, we pray today that as we have looked at this Scripture, that the Word would be settled in our minds and that for every one of us who profess faith, we would know the deep, settled joy and truth of it. Help us, we pray, for the days may be tough. We don't know what lies ahead, but we know the One who holds the future and we are safe and secure in our God. So, Lord, hear our prayer today. Now part us in Your fear and with Your rich and mighty blessing. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.